You there, traveler. Yes. This realm is cursed with dark forces. You must be careful on the road. Cursed? I don't know about any curse. I'm just going to travel on this road even further and ignore you, Dusty Man. Why do you sound kind of like me? I feel like that was like my thing. I was here and I'd say, oh, don't, where is darkness afoot? And it kind of sounds like that's what you're doing. Because that is what I'm doing. You see, I'm you and you are me. <laughs> so if we go behind this tree and, you know, it wouldn't be... Wouldn't be weird, because I'd just be like myself, you know, I'd just be with myself. Exactly. Truly an age of evil. <laughs> and the two old men went behind that tree and jerked each other off. They were, in fact, not twins, but just two old men who wanted to, you know, fool around. And that's fine. No, they were the same person. We're fine with that. Yeah. Dan, it's so good to see you. Always. And hear you. Yes. Yes. I'm Jared. This is the Indie Film Review. Oh, shall we Shall we start again? <laughs> <laughs> shall we just throw this podcast in the trash? Uh, Dan, what film did we watch today? We watched a film called Tears of Blood. It is a um, period piece. It was sent to us by Joshua Clay, who wrote, directed, and starred in this, wearing all the hats. That's right. And um, so it's about this this monk and this mercenary who go on a quest. A quest! In medieval, medieval Europe somewhere. And they are finding this girl that was apparently kidnapped by a cult. Well, it's like they're investigating a murder mystery about this preacher who yes. was killed. And then they follow that path and that kind of leads them to be intertwined with this young girl. And they're like, oh, we got to help her. We're also trying to figure out there might be like, cult stuff you're like eh, okay we yes. gotta take care of that this film is in a really interesting like i i am fascinated by the period of time in which christianity and superstition are intertwined a lot they're using christianity as like the the way to combat evil because evil actually exists in their world right I am fascinated by this time period of Christianity. I think it's really interesting. So this whole film is basically that. But Dan, I want you to keep in mind that in the current year of our Lord, there are people who also believe this. So, But <laughs> there's no <laughs> there's no man in a black skin suit. The Nephilim that you can... <laughs> and the dragons will rain fire <laughs> upon you. Beelzebub. We'll kiss your nips. We are not cowering in fear from a dragon the entire day. And if you are, then you okay. are wrong. Yeah, all right. <laughs> not the entire day. Yes, not the entire day. You're right. So I believe this film was done in Germany. I could be wrong. Interesting. Okay, cool. But I think a lot of these locales, really great location shots. They found some really cool places to be like, hey, can we film here? And they said yes. And you're like, fuck yeah. There's like a cabin, like there's like this weird three-story weird cabin that they go to. And I'm like, is this a set that yeah, was yeah, built yeah. specifically for the film or did they find no, this? There's no way. <laughs> I think they found all of this stuff. Um, I do feel like they spent a lot of money on their wardrobe because everyone is decked yes. out in really cool clothes. I like the clothes a lot. My critique on this, I think I've said it before in other types of films like these, is you got to dirty these clothes up. I know it's, it's like... These these you are nice. The money we spent on money it. on these, <laughs> but you need to roll in some mud or something because you guys look way too clean. 
being out here in the in roughing it right when it's like it's like everyone's very fashion forward and we we're gonna need some wear and tear uh to to kind of fit with the period here um also hair gel hair gel <laughs> I, I don't think we need to figure out some other way to style the hair here without it looking like we're we just got out of great clips <laughs> And I'm not shaming great clips because that's where I go to get my haircut. I'm just saying they ask like, hey, do you want me to put some gel in this? And when they do, you'd be like, no, I'm going to be filmed in a, in a movie. And I'd like it's a period piece, you see. <laughs> Man, they went, I'm out, just saying, they went out and slaughtered a whale so they could put, put product in their hair, you know? Yes, I'm sure there's oil and other things that they probably were putting in their hair back then. I just feel like the hairstyle, some of the hairstyles were too modern and okay, these are nitpicks. And, okay. Like I am nitpicking so hard right now. I want everyone to know. Here's my nitpick because I actually have one that I I'm, I won't make you feel alone in your nitpicks. Thank you. <laughs> Accents. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I think everything was okay, but one character like just didn't have an accent. I'm like, are you just from from now? <laughs> Did you just get transported into the film? It's, <laughs> and are like the night. It's the night. And I, I believe that is played by Joshua. And I think he does a good job, but he, he needed an accent in this. All the acting is great. Like, I, I liked it. I followed along with each of the characters. I thought they had interesting arcs that they did. And I thought yeah. they performed really well. But everybody in the film has an accent but him. And I was confused. It's, it is pretty strange. And I get that he's like, He's traveled the world. They talk about that, how he has been to China. That, that's yeah. how he got his cool yeah. crossbow. I looked that crossbow up. That's like a legit, that's real. <laughs> it looks just like that. Yeah, the Fisher Price crossbow. <laughs> no, but that's how they really look. I know. That's, the repeating I, crossbow. Because I looked at it and I was like, that looks silly. But then you go go look up traditional Chinese crossbow. That is exactly what they look like. And I was like, okay, cool, cool, cool. But yeah, you go look at Matthew, right? Who's the young priest. And he, his accent, I, he might even just have that accent naturally. I yeah. don't know. Um, but it was, it felt spot on to what everyone else was doing. And I, I was like really getting to that character. And every time they would cut to the night and he would say something, it was taking me out of the film because it just felt like, like Joe America's there. Exactly. And like not disparaging to him at all. It's just like that. That's it's a transporter. Like that's what it makes you feel like. Like now, now I'm no longer in Germany or some nondescript European country. Yeah, Like medieval. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I want to be there. I want to be immersed in this world where there are like literal shadow people that are coming to kill you. And uh, danger lurks around every corner. Dan, yes. let's talk about... Questions? How did you feel about the soundtrack in this? Yes, we're doing questions now. I know we're a little late on that. But uh, soundtrack, what do you think? Not sound, specifically soundtrack. I unfortunately did not have the opportunity to listen to this on, like, good speakers. So I couldn't hear a lot of it. I had to watch with subtitles only because, I, like I said, I just I couldn't hear where I was watching it. So I can't make a comment on the sound track or sound because it, it all sounded like it was coming from a little baby computer speaker. Where'd you watch this at? Like a fucking 7-Eleven? Like, what were you doing? Behind a dumpster at Wendy's? The, Explain my, yourself. My new monitor at work doesn't have any speakers besides like it's a little tiny. Wow. Yeah, it's, it was awful. Yeah. Unbelievable. 
should be doing his job. He's over here. Fuck. I got to work an hour and a half early <laughs> so I can watch this film. <laughs> no, you're a trooper. You're a saint. Dan, well, here's what I'll say. The reason I bring this up, I like the soundtrack. I think it's very well done. It really fits the film. It's a little loud. I think it's a little loud for the dialogue. There are certain scenes where, yes, you can have the music swell and build up and get louder than the dialogue. I understand that. You can ebb and flow it. But it really felt like, for the majority of this film, I want to hear what the characters are saying. And the the soundtrack's like, no, I'm going to yell at you. And it was a little much sometimes. Mm. Other than that, I think the sound design was pretty well done. And and I know this is a separate thing with sound design, but there were certain scenes, especially when they actually got access to like a medieval castle or they're in a big, you know, like in a cave or whatever, where it gets echoey. And I don't know what you do about that. I guess you have to like re like record the audio somewhere else because the audio that they recorded in these echoey like solid stone rooms, the sound is just bouncing all over the place. All over the place. Yeah. Other than that, I, I mean, I, I commend a lot of the audio here. I think it, I think they did a good job. It's just certain spots. You're just going to have to, you know, do workarounds. Cause like, so my question, it's, it's tough. Audio is hard. Yeah. Do you wish there were more events slash locations in, in the story? Mm. I wanted a little more of an odyssey, like, really going from location to location. We get that a lot towards the middle. And then the ending is like the last 30 minutes. We're at the big cult hideout. And I think the cult hideout could have just been one big final fight. And we could have introduced the villain halfway through the film or even the beginning of the film. You know, the one eyed, the glassy eye guy. We yeah, could yeah, have yeah. met him earlier. We could have. I think what could have fixed my complaint here is you have so many extras because there's a lot of people in this cult and they're all wearing masks. A lot and of people. We don't know. Yes. We don't know who these people are. So dirty them up and put them in a village outside of the cult. So now yes. we have to visit the village first, get to know these fucking crazy people and they're being badgered by the cult and then use those same actors with masks on now. Was Rome the knight? Was he about to have sex with one of the cult members at one point? He was tricking a man who was going to bone him because he just thought he was a regular cult. <laughs> That's what I thought. That's then, what I thought. But he okay. was he was just fishing sure. for information about what was going on in the cult, and then he kills him. Dan, that's also a spoiler, and we're not in spoilers right now. So I feel I like just, what you're doing is an I was just confused on me. I, <laughs> excuse me, sir. Let's get into it though. Let's get into spoilers, Dan. This is unlisted on YouTube. You can't see it yet. You cannot see it yet. I would say Festival Circuit right now. Uh, Tears of Blood. But yeah, it's the newest film by Joshua Clay. I, I believe he's actually he's working on something else right now. Dude, the film that he came out with before this one, I really want to see. What is it? It's called Sin. An opioid addicted drifter yeah. living in Germany is blackmailed into searching for a stolen artifact by a murderous black market antiques dealer. Bruh. That sounds amazing. Oh, that looks cool. Yeah, I'm looking at the stills. It looks pretty fun, actually. Send us that, please. Would love to watch. Okay, anywho, characters. We have Matthew, who is the young priest. We have Rome, who is the Sir Knight or the Witch Hunter. And there's like the the Duke in New York, a number one bishop. You know, he's like, mm -hmm. I'm telling you guys to investigate. And they're like, okay, we're going to do it. There's Elethea, which is like this 
demon? I don't, I don't know. It says it's not a demon, but it says it's like it's this all-powerful Cthulhu thing that's out there and it's being a dick, right? And it's like kind of like it's the not god, god. Cult. It's not god. We'll just say that. No. It is directly opposed to the, to the Christian god. To the ideals of Jeebus. <laughs> so, and then we have Maria, which I believe is the young girl. I could be getting that wrong. There's so there's the the Xena warrior princess girl, right? Who's got the, the circlet on that you meet. Which I wish we had more of her too. Right? I, you get some more of her towards the end, but we have her. I'll refer to her as Xena warrior princess because I cannot remember her name. I'm sorry. Uh, but yeah, so there. And then the, the young girl who's just young girl, right? Okay. So we have all these characters. The film opens up with a this like older preacher and he's like trying to wash his face and he turns around and he's straight up bleeding tears of blood. And I'm like, Whoa, we just hit the title of the name of the film in the first 40 seconds. His whole uh, deal with the journal and how the young priest is reading the journal, but we get to hear the old priest's voice. Wait, was that him? Wait, hold on. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was a different. Okay. Now I'm okay. That makes no, that that was him. You dork. (laughs) (laughs) I, I liked that a lot. I thought it was really fun, actually. With uh, mm. How did you feel about it, I guess, is what I'm asking. I loved getting to know the the trajectory of this priest's spiral into madness, essentially. That's basically what yeah. we get. And he, the lore behind it, like he used flowers to try to access this. Like, I, I think what happened is he tried to use flowers to get close to God, but then he found the wrong God. He called something else. I think the crux of this movie and what would make it work completely, like I could forgive so many things if this one thing worked flawlessly, not even flawlessly, like just like you got to really nail this part is the fight scenes. The fight scenes are not good. There's one fight scene towards the end. The very last one between the cult leader. Between Xena Warrior Princess and the villain Man, you have to know when you're filming this that you see that you're like, I don't even know if this should be in the film. I Yeah, it, it's just it's not good. It's not good. And a lot of the fights are not good. There was maybe like one fight was like, oh, that was pretty cool. Yeah, and it, that was it. I, I completely agree. Like, so there's the one between Xena, the warrior princess and the cult leader. But then um, the Rome comes in and he starts the fight. The fight after that was pretty. It was all right. It was OK. But I just, you really need to choreograph this a lot more. To be clear, Jared. To be fair. I probably would have done it worse because those swords look like they were heavy, right? They look like real swords, (laughs) yes. And there was a couple times where one of the characters were holding their thumb was like above the hilts Mm. and those swords were sliding down Mm -hmm. on each other. I'm like, you guys are going to cut your fucking thumbs off. Yeah. And I was getting a little scared. The props were pretty freaking rad, is what I'll say. But here's the deal. If you're filming a scene and you're doing a fight, even if you have it fully choreographed, like you can't just film it like one time and just have a couple angles. Like you got to film this fucking thing over and over and over, the same fight over and over, get those different angles. The camera is not telling the story of the fight well enough. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just about the choreography. It's about what is the camera doing? Where am I with the camera? Right. And that honestly could have... Because they're getting the sound effects right. That could have cleared up the issue that we're addressing and the fact that, like, the fight went on too long or it was just a, such a static mm-hmm. shot of, you know, two people clinking swords together, right? Like, if, if depending on how you film it, you could disguise a lot of the, the oomph of the fight 
in cuts. Mm-hmm. You can f- disguise a lot of the oomph of the fight in in like hidden camera angles and just use the clinking sounds, right? Like it, it would just cutting it, like editing your fight scene makes it more exciting. It's the whole concept of like showing and not telling basically. And you could have a good fight where someone only swings their sword one time. Yeah. You could have an amazing fight between like the villain and the lead where they just stand there and stare at each other for fucking three minutes. Or you could. And then one guy hits the other. You could like, you know, transport yourself because you've been, this character has been to Japan, like have your sword sheathed like a samurai (gasps) and just like samurai it, you know, like just one one slice. That's all. That's all he needs. It's like, fuck yeah. (laughs) I went to Japan to learn how to fight. I'm a weeaboo now. Die. <laughs> 700 strike attack. Absolutely. I love it. But yeah, there's there's ways to get around it. I'm saying if you're going to make films like this in the future, if you focus on making those fights cool as hell, that's going to carry the film so much mm-hmm. for a lot of people, especially me. And I feel like that's the that's where the film let me down the most because I'm like, I like the atmosphere. I like the story. I like this weird cult. I'm into all this. And then atmosphere is nailed. And then we get teased a little bit, right? With like, oh, he kills some people off screen. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like, we don't see that, whatever. And then when we finally get that first fight, I'm like, this is all right. It's pretty good. And then like the next fights, it just, it kind of starts to go downhill. I know I'm really harping on this, but I feel like this is, that's like the core of what the movie was to me. Because there's a lot of fights in this. To me, it was, it was, it was more about faith, faith, the, the trials of faith, between both Roman or not Roman between both Rome and Matthew, because Rome is yeah. somebody who has lost his faith. And Matthew is somebody who is questioning his faith because he's like a burgeoning priest. And he's, yeah. he's fig- like, that's, that's what the film was to me. And especially because Matthew is confronted by Aletheia in the, in the cave. And then we get that because he's tripping ending. balls. He, yes, he starts tripping balls. He gets drugged by the uh, the flower juice goes in his little mouth, and yeah, he's he's having a he's having a bad trip. He needs a friend, and he, and they throw him in this cave to basically like have Elethea like tempt him. And I I kind of like the idea that Rome that like they kind of have a, a reversal of fate. Yeah, both of yeah, them yeah, by the end yeah. of the film. And I like where that goes. I think it's really fun. What I don't like is that Matthew is stuck in a cave and then we forget about him for like the last 30 minutes of the film. And then he comes back at the end. He's like, I'm bad now. He should have been more involved in the movie. Like, what happened? I completely agree. Like, right before he comes back, I'm like, where the hell is this priest? Like, did he die? Yeah. I don't remember seeing him die. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he's like, yeah, I'm I'm Malifia now. Yeah, and I felt like this was more Matthew's story than anything. Yes, exactly. I mean, later on, it does become both of them together. But then even then, if you if you see it as like, this is Rome and Matthew's story, then where the, you know, like you can't have one or the other. You have both of them. It, it's it's not. It, it, this is Matthew's story because who is the one that is reading the the text that carries us through the the film like it is matthew who's doing this and it's matthew whose faith is getting challenged by everything that's going on plus rome's lack of faith that's challenging him as well Mm -hmm. like the film is written for matthew as a character and then he disappears and you're like what what happened where is he yeah Mm -hmm. 
Um, okay, Dan, positives. Any more positives that you want to bring up with this film? Because I feel like I've been pretty harsh on it. Well, like you said, th- the atmosphere is what sells this film. It's very much like this kind of strange journey that is being recorded. It's a, like you feel like you're maybe like a halfling carrying their shit. You know, you know what I mean? Like I, I, yeah. I liked, I liked being along for the ride. I also liked like as cheesy and corny as it was, but whenever um, Rome is attacked by that shade, that demon, like you could obviously tell it was one of those stupid bodysuits with the seams in it. I'm like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The morph suit. This is fucking rad. This is so cool. What's cool is like that for a lot of the film, that effect looked really, really good. Yes. The only time it was, you realize that is when it's the morph guy is too close. Yeah. And that's when you're like, Oh, okay. That's, that's kind of a fun way that they did that. I, I, I liked it. Huge, huge props to the way in which they edited the repeating crossbow. Yeah. Yeah. That looks so fucking real. Like every person that gets shot, I'm like, Oh my God, that was awesome. <laughs> it was so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was pretty neat. It was pretty neat. And he, he's he's fucking some people up. If this movie was just a little more kung fu, because you could... What do kung fu movies do? They speed up fights, mm-hmm. right? They're making those fights a little bit faster than the, the rest of the film. So Because it's a little more quicker and more fun. You could have done that to kind of like, you know, get it a little more action-y, a little, little, you know. And then I like the like one at a time aspect. Like have more like, well, because here are the villains. Here are the cult leaders. And oh, they're so bad. Like this guy's got an eye patch. The film lends itself. So like, let, let's say we do speed up the fight scenes and speed up the death scenes. Yeah. The film slows mm-hmm. down immediately afterward because Matthew's like, why did you have to do that? And then you have that moment yes. of meditation and it like, that's all you need. You just like, it doesn't matter how fast or slow the fight is. Like you can slow down the concept afterwards and reflect on it and now have this kind of challenge of faith because that's what the film is about. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I, I mean, I like the, the casual killing versus like a guy being like, Hey, that was someone's dad. Yeah, exactly. This person had a family. Like you just murdered them. And I I like that back and forth between like, Hey, we're having fun in this action movie. And the other guy's like, these are real people in this world who exist. Yeah. Uh, And you're killing them. So yeah, that's, that's interesting to me. They had real horses in this movie which is super cool. Yeah. So they're, they're going on like high adventures here. The swords and a lot of that stuff looked real too. And some of these shots of them, some of the best dialogue was those two on those horses talking back and forth and kind yeah. of like getting to know each other. I really liked that. Yeah. I wanted more of just them getting to know each other. I wanted more like they don't really connect as much as I would have liked. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause if they start to have a camaraderie, then I start to care about them yeah. caring about each other. And once we're building that relationship, um, just like bro bonds, I like to call them, you know? Yeah. Uh, I don't know what I'm saying. Am I making sense, Dan? <laughs> no, like I, I completely agree. I, I think, I think maybe more dialogue or just less time in between dialogue, you know, to fool me into thinking that it's, it's, it's uh, closer together, those talks that they're having. And I, I, I want to say like reiterate again, like, it would have been really cool to see like a village being affected instead of just like two people in a, in a, in a, in a hut somewhere, even though that hut was mm-hmm, rad. Mm-hmm. Like I wouldn't even call it a hut. It's like a three. And again, set. budget stuff. Yeah. I mean, they, I think they did an amazing job with what the, budget. Yeah. I don't know what the budget was for this, but man, it felt like they really put a lot into making this film. Yeah. And I, I 
big kudos for that. That's really cool. All right. Okay. Um, final thoughts. Get this on YouTube. List this so it's not unlisted so people can watch this. I mean, come on, yeah, man. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, send us more of your films. Yes. I love the vibe. I love the the high adventure and cult stuff. I think that's really fun. Yeah, like there's there's literally nothing wrong with the direction or writing. Like Josh is doing, he's making films and he knows how to make films. That, that's that's very much like he's a storyteller and I appreciate that. So I want to see more of his stories. That That's my final thought, I guess. All right, there we go. Uh, Dan? Do them plugs. You guys can find us on threads at Indie Film Review Pod. You can email us your films at theindiefilmreview at gmail.com. Or just send us hate mail or love mail or everything in between. Don't send us hate mail. Send me hate I can't handle it. I'm very sensitive. I am too. I'm so sensitive. But I'm just introducing the reality. My nipples are a little sensitive. Ooh. Dan, before me and you go behind this tree, could you please give us your final word? Potion seller. <laughs>